Thank you for listening to Breakthrough Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Brought to you by John Crumpton. For more podcasts, news and other events, please visit breakthroughlife.co.za. As, you, uh, as you've been following us for the last few weeks, we've just been drawing on something of the, the recognition of the inheritance that we have. And uh, we, we've taken from Isaiah chapter 51 a, um, just a, an instruction from the Lord that we should remember uh, our roots and, uh, and that we should honor them in, uh, in an appropriate way. So Isaiah 51 verse 1 says, Listen to me, you pursue righteousness and who seek the Lord. Look to the rock from which you were cut and to the quarry from which you were hewn. Look to Abram, your father, and to Sarah, who gave you birth. When I called him, he was only one man, and I blessed him and made him many. The Lord will surely comfort Zion and will look with compassion on all her ruins. He will make her deserts like Eden, her wastelands like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness will be found in her, thanksgiving and the sound of singing. I was just thinking, you know, that third verse there. You know, as we are anticipating that we are going to be back together, we're going to be, you know, fellowshipping and and, uh, enjoying worshipping the Lord in the same place at the same time. But there's going to be joy, there's going to be gladness, thanksgiving, the sound of singing. He's going to make our deserts like Eden, the garden of the Lord. And, uh, you know, that's something that we are, are looking forward to, we're praying into, and let's trust the Lord that things are going to shift and change in our nation and in the world, that, uh, that we'll be able to get into um, this kind of, of gathering to get to, uh, again uh, fairly soon. Uh, I just had such a sense very early this morning, oh my goodness, it was freezing, yeah, uh, it was like uh, the... the, the uh, uh, the weather app said it would feel like minus five degrees this morning. Uh, this is before the sun was up. It was like really very cold. And just watching, you know, from blackness, you know, slowly the, the, the first light coming through and beginning to sort of push back the darkness. And then the, the sunrise. And, uh, and, but the sense in which there is going to be a release of, uh, uh, of, of all of the, the, the things that we know uh, we, we want to experience. So this morning in worship, just being in here in the building, the, 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 the sense of God's presence, just so beautiful and so strong. And I'm not sure if it was able to translate into, you know, in, in your, your rooms through the, the, the stream. But the sense of, of being in, in His presence uh, is, is just sort of heightened when we come together. We know that God is everywhere, but there's something of the nearness of His presence when we come together, that corporate anointing, that corporate nature. And I just felt that the Lord was, was encouraging me, certainly this morning, uh, that it's not long off and all of those, these restrictions are going to be lifted off us. And I was just reflecting on the, the crazy uh, ministries. I mean, crazy good, not crazy bad. But the, 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 the immense blessing that we've received as breakthrough 
with, with visitors, visiting speakers, ministries that have come and released a deposit into us over the years. And, uh, and I was just like running through the names of people that we've hosted here. And, and I just had a sense in the spirit that we, we are going to get back into those days and greater days. Yeah? And, and so not to lose hope, in a sense, with the rising of, uh, of the, the sunrise, the, the, the new dawn, the, in a sense, the, the promise of new beginnings, even if it is like, you know, dark and cold and kind of like pretty miserable. But the Lord is going to break into these conditions and He's going to turn it around. And just a, a, a renewed conviction and faith rose in my heart this morning. So I just wanted to share that with you, it's sort of almost releasing a prophetic declaration uh, that the best is yet to come. And all of the things that we've experienced in terms of revival and reviving and the outpouring of the Spirit, all these good things, we're going to experience everything that we've experienced in the past and more. There's going to be that plus some. All right? And uh, so I just want to encourage you there. So as we look to the rock, you know, this is basically saying to the people of Israel, you know, Abram was your spiritual father. So what did God give to you through Abraham? So go and look. You have been cut, if, if you like, out of that same quarry. You've been chiseled and shaped and formed from that, that same place, that same origin. So what is it that you have that you've received is sort of come down through your inheritance? And so as we look in terms of us as Breakthrough Life, and we're part of Foundation Ministries International, as we look to our spiritual father, Derek Crumpton, you know, what is it that God gave to us that's our inheritance that we want to steward and we want to steward well? Okay? So this morning I want to give our attention to this whole thing about prayer and fasting because we're actually going to go into a month of prayer and fasting now in September. Okay? And uh, so you'll remember from Acts chapter 2, and you know if you've been around us for any length of time, that this is a key foundational scripture for us. And, uh, and we, we walked in this, we have been walking, we continue to walk in this. But Acts 2 and verse 42 says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. All right, so they were devoting themselves very intentionally, giving themselves to prayer was one of the things. So that's what we want to zoom in on this morning. You know, we see in Acts chapter 4, just a little while later, something of what took place during one of their prayer meetings, okay? So Acts 4 and verse 23. Uh, this is after Peter and John, they've been you know, pulled before the religious leaders and you know, to give an account because their miracles have been breaking out. Okay? And so there's a bit of religious oppression. It wasn't from the government so much, it was from the religious community. Verse 23, on their release, Peter and John went back to their own people and reported all that the chief priests and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. So, hey, we're looking forward to the together bit, right? 
but there's a raising of voices. Not silent prayer, but a raising of voices. So we see an example in the scriptures that our prayers need to be vocal, not just silent prayer. Okay? So we want to get out of this religious thing that's, you know, just in quiet contemplation and meditation as being the only form of prayer. It's one of the ways we pray, but when we come together, raise your voice, go for it. Okay, so they've raised their voices together at the same time, all praying what was on their heart. As the Holy Spirit was directing and leading them, they're all praying together. And God was able to hear all of their prayers at the same time. God's good like that. You know, he can, he can catch every single prayer that's being lifted up at the same time. Okay? Sovereign Lord, they said, you made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. In other words, they're recognizing that God is the ultimate authority. He's the creator, the maker of everything. If there's anyone we want to appeal to, it is God who is above all. All right, And he created everything by design and to fit into his plans and purposes. And so when we see something that's out of order with God's plans and purposes, we pray that it comes back into alignment with what God intended. Verse 25. You spoke by the Holy Spirit through the mouth of your servant, our father David. Beautiful. The Holy Spirit has been at work since the beginning. Right? That prophetic painting that Lisa was doing about the Spirit hovering over the chaos of the earth. All right? And it brought order where there was disorder. God brought order from chaos into God's design. The Holy Spirit working from the beginning. The Holy Spirit working through King David, speaking to him. All right? The Holy Spirit didn't just suddenly arrive on the day of Pentecost. Oh. Right? God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit together from eternity past. Holy Spirit involved moving over the earth and moving in situations, touching people. All right, so here's the prophetic word from verse 25. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? You'll see this in uh, Psalm 2. The kings of the earth rise up and the rulers band together against the Lord and against his anointed one. Indeed, Herod and Pontius Pilate met together with the Gentiles and the people of Israel in this city to conspire against your holy servant Jesus, whom you anointed. That did what your power and will had decided beforehand should happen. Now, Lord, consider their threats and enable your servants to speak your word with great boldness. Stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. After they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Oh my goodness, what a powerful prayer gathering. Okay, So they're lifting up their voices, and the very thing that they've got into trouble for, they're saying, Lord, bring it on even more. <laughs> they were in trouble because of supernatural signs and wonders healing. And they say, Lord, 
Come on, do it again. Stretch out your hand. Let's increase this thing. Let's raise the temperature. Yeah? And so we need to be asking the Lord to give us increasing boldness and passion that we would be about the advance of the kingdom. Right? If you're feeling like things are being, you know, hindered, well, get on the front foot. Right? That's what this whole month of prayer is about, is getting up off our blessed assurance and getting onto the front foot in prayer. All right? We're going to battle. We're going to war. And we're going to war through prayer. We're not just taking this thing lying down. We're actually rising up. Arise and shine for your light has come. The glory of the Lord is on you. So let's get up and let's go for it. And we're going to do it in and through prayer. We will prevail. Can I get an amen? All right. So as they were praying, God answers. He's hearing their cries. And there's a sense in which they're filled with the Spirit again. They're overwhelmed with His nearness, His power. Something happens and even physical things begin to shake. Yeah, don't worry if you know you get into a prayer gathering and somebody under the power and the anointing of the spirit begins to shake you know it's okay they are a temple you know like a building of god so let rather let that little temple shake than than our physical building right because we don't want the thing to collapse but it's okay if people you know get shaken by the power of the holy spirit in fact why don't you ask right now that the holy spirit would shake you come on Shake off the dust and all that stuff. We need to come out from being under the circumstances. We're not called to be under it. We're called to rise above. Okay? We want to shake ourselves out of our lethargy. For too long, we've actually just been, you know, letting things wash over us. It's time for us to rise up. So what are the ways in which we should be praying? Okay, And so Jesus, he's teaching on the Sermon on the Mount. You can find this in Matthew chapter 6. He says in verse 5, When you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues, on the street corners, to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their full reward. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. In other words, you can pray in isolation. <laughs> In lockdown and isolation, you can pray. Your prayers are going to be heard. So we see examples of praying together corporately, and we see examples of praying together on your own. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like the pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Okay, in other words, you don't have to be trying to twist God's arm. No, we're hearing from the Spirit and we're praying the prayers of the Spirit. And we know that God will answer those prayers. So it's not because of many, many words and going on and on and on and on and on that you're going to try and wear God down. No, there's, there's a difference between you know, persistence and just some kind of religious ritual and just repeating words, babbling. Okay? So we're not just babbling words, we're praying with faith, with confidence, with perseverance. Man, there's just so many scriptures, can't actually get to them all about prayer. This is just to kind of like, hey, just spark something this morning rather than a comprehensive teaching around prayer. But the point is that God wants us to pray, 
God knows what we need. We don't have to lecture God about the situation. Oh, it absolutely floors me. I get so <laughs> uh, frustrated when people think they have to inform God about the situation as though he didn't know. No, your father knows what you have need of even before you ask him. All right? It's not like he missed the news or whatever. No, he knows everything. Okay? So, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So we're praying from heaven to earth. All right? And we're praying from the third heaven, not the second heaven. All right? The second heaven is where you've got the struggles, the demonic principalities and powers and you know all these kind of struggles. And many people, they tap into what's going on, the devil's plans and purposes, and then they prophesy that and they think, oh, all the destruction because the thief comes to steal, kill, destroy. And so they tap into that and they release it and they think it's a prophetic word. No, 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 they're just saying this is what the enemy wants. They don't attribute that to God. No, we go to the third heaven, all right, where God is, we go to his throne, Lord, what do you say? He sits in the heavens and he laughs at the enemy. He's not full of stress and strain. He's not panicking. He's not falling off his throne. He knows that he wins. So when we prophesy, when we pray, we're praying from heaven to earth. Right? That the kingdom, the king, his rule and his reign, which is perfect in heaven, would be manifest on the earth. Your will, let it be happening on the earth just the way it's happening in the heaven. Completely, absolutely. So we're praying in a completely different way, not from a place of fear and stress and anxiety. No, we're praying from the place of complete victory. Hallelujah. Verse 11, give us today our daily bread. Yeah? So we're talking about our the things that of everyday life that concerns us. You know, it's okay for us to be dependent on the Lord. In fact, He wants us to depend on Him. And so we're asking Him for the things that need to sustain us. Verse 12, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. You know, in the connotation, there is the financial debt thing that's in play here, right? So we want to be in financial freedom that we're able to serve Him and not be having to serve mammon or serve someone else that we owe, right? So we want to be free. But also, the whole thing of forgiveness, forgiveness in terms of, you know, if somebody's wronged us, done us harm, whatever it is, that we release them in forgiveness. Verse 13, lead us not into temptation, deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive other people when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. So there needs to be this place of living in mercy and living in forgiveness. Even as we have received mercy, we re release mercy to others. We have received forgiveness, we release forgiveness to others. Right? We have been forgiven much. The little that somebody did against us, that disappointed us, they hurt us in whatever way. It's a small thing in comparison to eternal life. And so we release them. 
Then Jesus jumps straight in, verse 16, says, When you fast, do not look somber as the hypocrites do, for they disfigure their faces to show others they are fasting. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you fast, but when you fast, Jesus has every expectation that you will fast. And when you do it, do it in a particular way. Right? So, we have got Jesus expecting us that we should be involved in fasting. Put oil on your head, wash your face, so that it will not be obvious to others that you are fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. In other words, the reason that we're fasting is to gain heaven's attention, not to try and draw attention from people around us. Okay, so it's not trying to get sympathy and pity and some kind of religious show. Oh, you know, I'm such a great spiritual person because I'm fasting. Nonsense. You would have received any reward that you might have got because you're drawing attention to yourself. No, we want to get heaven's attention. Okay, so there's this thing where when we fast, we're activating our prayers into a far more powerful place. All right, and so Jesus has this expectation that our prayers would be linked with fasting. You remember when Jesus came down after the Mount of Transfiguration and there was this boy that was oppressed by the enemy. The disciples tried to cast the demon out, didn't work. Jesus came and, um, you know, sorted out the problem. And the disciples asked him afterwards, you know, what was going on here? And he said, this kind only comes out by prayer and fasting. Some of the, the translations have. And so we see that there's this, this combination, this powerful combination of fasting that links in with prayers. Okay? Also, um, you, will, you will know that when Jesus, in Luke chapter 4, when he was led by the, uh, by the Spirit, he went into the wilderness. Um, let me just see if I can find it here quickly. Luke chapter 4 and verse 1. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, left the Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, where for 40 days he was tempted by the devil. He ate nothing during those days, and at the end of it he was hungry. I mean, what an understatement. Hungry after 40 days. But he is um, combining prayer and sort of pulling aside with this thing of fasting. You see the result in verse 14. It says, Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of of the Spirit. So we see that there's a power that is released through this combination of prayer and fasting. Okay, so just a couple of things in terms of, you know, our history and the things that have made an impression on me in my life, which is, you know, we're looking to the rock. Why, why is it that we should be giving ourselves to prayer? Sure, okay, so there's the scripture instructions we see there from Acts 2.42. But I watched my parents pray. Pray for, you know, pretty much our, our, our daily needs. So for, for many years, my parents didn't have a formal salary. And... The Lord would provide miraculously, but they would be praying in the food. They would be praying in the finances. And the Lord provided supernaturally, miraculously, through the generosity of other people and the sovereign intervention 
But praying uh, was, was one of the ways in which we saw the Lord moving powerfully in, in our circumstances. And we, we, as little kids, you know, from having absolutely nothing, um, just trusting the Lord, living by faith, how, how the Lord provided. And you know, that's a lesson for all of us because every single one of us lives by faith. Whether you've got a salary or not, you live by faith. And so we pray into our circumstances. So as a little kid, uh, we were in community, this is in the 1970s, and it was 5.15, every afternoon was prayer time. And uh, it was about 5.15 until about 6 o'clock, people would come home from work, we were living in close proximity, and 5.15 prayers, and a time of, of just lifting hearts to the Lord in one or two songs, a couple of scriptures, and just praying into situations. So watch that thing modeled. I, I, I watched this thing modeled when uh, there needed to be a shift and change from injustice to justice in, in, the, in the 80s. And for three years, on a Friday night, this started about 1985. Every Friday night, the church would gather at 10 o'clock and would pray from 10 o'clock until sunrise the next morning for three years, unbroken, every Friday night. I was away at university at the time, but I would come back and I, I would sit there and, uh, and I would learn how to pray by listening to these people as they would pour out their hearts to the Lord because of the tragedies, the injustice. Remember, there was the whole apartheid thing was going on. There was, we would hear gunshots going off in the middle of the night. I mean, that kind of helps you to pray a bit. Um, but just praying and asking the Lord that he would raise up a champion that would, you know, would unite the country. I believe that, that our first president in the democratic South Africa was an answer to many, many people praying. Of course, we weren't the only church praying, but that was an example that the Lord gave to me through my spiritual father as I watched him pray through the night every Friday for three years, as well as obviously the church that was gathered. I, I saw this through... At other times of Friday nights, we used to call it seeking his face. Uh, we were other times when we have breakthrough pray and prayer and praise in different times, different seasons. But there would be extended times of just worshiping the Lord and allowing the Holy Spirit to set the prayer agenda. Um, in terms of fasting, um, um, my dad was a bit of a cheat in that he never got hungry. Uh, he just had, his, his body was like that. He just ate because he knew the clock said, you know, this should be mealtime. But he didn't really get hungry. And so fasting wasn't a big deal for him. Uh, and praise the Lord, I got that. I literally, you know, um, fasting is just, a, it's an amazing, it's a, I guess it's a gift. Um, and, and that I, I just don't get hungry. So that's, uh, it sometimes feels a bit like a cheat. Um, but, from my mom, wow, this thing of fasting. Hmm. 
Hmm. But she would keep catalogs of her fasting and fasted 40 days a number of times. I don't know how many times my dad did the, the 40 day fast. It wasn't something that you, you, know, you did every other month <laughs> um, for obvious reasons. Um, but this thing of being led by the Spirit, praying according to the Spirit, in a sense, sacrificing the pleasures of the flesh and yielding oneself to pray and pray revival in. Pray change, transformation, to pray release of heaven's resources onto the earth. And it's not like we, through our fasting, we're trying to, you know, strong arm God and manipulate Him. No. Fasting tunes our, our, our physical being and our spirit, our, our, our emotions, our, our mind, everything. We, we're kind of totally dependent on the Lord. And He gives us the strength. And there's a, there's a heightening to our, our spiritual prayers as we, as we give ourselves. To, to fast and to pray. All right, need to bring this to a bit of a close. So here we are launching into September. And we want to pray and fast in this month. Now, one of the great things we want to fast is media, news, news broadcasts, social media. These things that will distract us cause us, to, in a sense, to have our, our faith and our confidence eroded because of all the negativity. No, we want to feed ourselves on the Lord and what He's saying. So as we give ourselves, maybe you do want to fast some bits of food, you know, some items. Maybe you want to go on a, a water-only fast for a, for a while. That's great. If you're going to do that, just you know, prepare yourself for a few days beforehand. Don't go cold turkey. That's really not a good idea. You know, you want to wean yourself off caffeine and sugars and these kinds of things for a few days before you step into that. But I think more than fasting food, we want to fast all the things as we were speaking on Wednesday night at our um, combined family gathering that we want to actually let go of things in order that we might receive things. And so let go of the things that are going to distract you. This first week, as we start on Wednesday, the 1st of September, let's give ourselves to pray for the church. Let's give ourselves to pray for the body of Christ. Let's pray for revival. Let's pray for a reviving of God's people. Let's pray for salvations. Let's pray for harvest. Let's pray for an outpouring of this Holy Spirit on our nation and our continent. There have been so many prophetic words that God is going to do something special, amazing, spectacular in our nation and through the continent. Well, we've not seen it yet. We've seen you know, glimpses of it, but not the full manifestation of it. So let's give ourselves to pray, right? And uh, some of you have heard of the acronym PUSH. Pray until something happens. 
And so we want to go back at this thing and we want to pray, Lord, there have been promises and prophetic words that you would revive our nation, that revival would start at the tip of Africa and would sweep through the continent. And so we're praying again. We're pushing through until we see the answer to these prayers. And so let's pray. Let's pray for all the churches in our region. I'm just so excited that we get to participate with a couple of churches over the next little while, particularly the middle weekend of this month. And we're doing a prayer drive and a prayer gathering we're going to host here and prayer walks in our suburbs. And so we're giving ourselves to pray. Let's start by praying for revival. Okay. And let's pray now. <laughs> All right. So we are right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you come and you ignite our hearts. Thank you that you pour out your Spirit upon us. First and foremost, we come to you and we say, Lord, we're thirsty, we're hungry, we're needy for more of you. Would you pour out your Spirit again, afresh and anew upon us? Lord, come and shake this temple. Come and shake me. Shake me out of my complacency. Shake me out of the sense of being under things. I'm not a victim. I am a victor in Christ. Thank you that you give us the victory. So we're asking Holy Spirit, revive us, renew us, strengthen us, energize us, cause new life to flow in us and through us by the power of the Spirit. We ask, Lord, touch this nation. Let revival be poured out on South Africa and throughout the continent and reaching to all the nations on the earth. Lord, we're looking to you for a Holy Spirit outpouring. Revive your church. Revive this nation. Thank you, Lord, that this is part of your heart's desire, that none should perish, but all should come to eternal life. And so we lift up prayers and intercession, all kinds of different prayers, as per 1 Timothy chapter 2. We pray for those in authority. It's so many prayer themes that we're going to cover in the next few weeks. But we're asking, Lord, right now as we start out, start with us. Start with the church. Why not now? Why not here? Why not us? So, Lord, stir up your people to pray. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.